G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. More and more in our hectic day-to-day lives, we're constantly under a barrage of information. It's no wonder that at such a frantic pace, some people feel numb and risk being burnt out. And what of COVID-19, our exposure to traumatic events around the world? that can traumatise us. And we're getting lots of it, aren't we, in our social media and in our news feed. A new book by New York Times best-selling author John Eldridge identifies simple, ready-to-implement practices for people like you and I to regain control and find healing for our souls. John Eldridge's new book is called Get Your Life Back with the encouragement that you can live freely and lightly. John's also a counsellor and a teacher. He's president of Ransomed Heart, a ministry devoted to helping people discover the heart of God, recover their own hearts in God's love, and to learn to live in God's kingdom. John Eldridge on the phone, live with us from Colorado Springs in the USA. John, a special welcome along to 2020. Oh, thank you, Neil. It's delightful to chat with you. So honoured to be on your show. John, you identify something of a spiritual crisis in what's going on, and I know your book was written pre-COVID-19, and no doubt we'll adapt the way that you're expressing things through our conversation today, but you've identified a spiritual crisis in all of the overload that we are under with this information barrage. Well, especially now that we're all looking on the news far too much every day and spending so much time, you know, with our movies and our mobile devices. And as a therapist for 30 years, I began to watch the trend before the pandemic. And, and spiritually, Neil, the ability to give God our attention has always been at the center of Christian life and Christian joy, uh, Christian healing of the soul. You know, like in Psalm 1, where it says there are these people who are so filled with the life of God, they're like trees planted by a river whose leaves never never wither, and in everything they do they prosper. Well, what makes the difference there is they're able to give God their attention. And... I think we have had our attention assaulted for years now, but especially during this pandemic, it's very hard to just sit and be still and give God our heart's devotion. Interesting to talk about what happens when there is lockdown from the pandemic, because one might assume that, hey, we've got some more time on our hands, time to relax, time not to be under a barrage of information that we think we're under when we're in the workforce. But uh, but you're sort of indicating uh, that while we're in this lockdown phase, maybe we're actually into more information overload than ever. 
Oh, yes. All the data says so. And, and you would just understand that because people have more time to get on their, their media, their technology. You know, we're spending far, far more time on our mobile devices or binge-watching, you know, movies online, that sort of thing. Uh, and, Neil, you said something in your introduction that's very important, that traumatic news actually does traumatize the soul. Back here in the U.S., uh, your listeners will remember the 9-11 crisis in New York, the terrorist attack, and they did some very important psychological studies after that, and they discovered that people who watched the news events at home on their television experienced the same PTSD as people who were there in person in New York City. And what, what we're coming to understand is that exposure to, you know, global traumatic news on a daily basis is really actually very harmful to the human soul. God designed us to live within a community of people, to live within a church community, but not to carry the heartache of the world. And so I'm very concerned, again, as a therapist, of what this and we've got the isolation, uh, and people uh, prone to anxiety disorders are having a very difficult time with all the uncertainty around this. And, and the thing about the news, the good part about that is we can choose to unplug. We can choose not to stay online more than we absolutely need to. And I, I'm just encouraging people, get in, get your news, you know, you need to know. Uh, what the policies are, you need to know what the new, you know, guidelines are. But then get back out. Don't spend your day hearing about, you know, the new death toll, what's happening in China, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You, you've really got to take care of your soul in a very difficult time like this. I can hear what you're saying here. Uh, limit your news intake on traumatic issues, uh, and that might be to do with, you know, watching the rising death toll numbers around the world in so many different nations. Uh, but when we're talking about the soul, the health of the soul, some people will think, oh, that sounds a little bit airy-fairy, a little bit off, uh, you know, uh, uh, talking about uh, you know esoteric type of uh, you know things uh, uh, in the peripheral, but let's talk about the soul for a few moments because we're aware that we have a soul, but we very rarely give much attention to the idea that our soul could be healthy or unhealthy. Uh, give us some insights here yeah. into your understanding of the soul, John. Yes, it's an important question, Neil, uh, because it can sound a little new agey. Uh, so let's go to Psalm twenty-three. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not lack anything that we need. He leads us, right, beside still waters. He makes us lie down in green meadows. He restores our souls. David was a remarkable man with an incredible life, king of Israel. He understood the need to have the restoring work of God in his soul and not just once in his life, but on a daily basis. And so you, people ask, well, what is the soul? You, you have a body, you have a physical body, but you're much more than your physical body. You have a brain, but you're much more than your brain. The, the soul is the immortal part of you. 
It is, it is the way that you commune with God. It is your heart. It is your hopes, your faith, your love. Those all come from your soul. And the soul is the vessel, as the writer C.S. Lewis said, the soul is the vessel that God filled. And one of the things that led to this book, uh, Neil, was I was I was keeping the same pace as everyone else in the in the contemporary hour. I was running fast, lots of exciting things going on, you know, prior to the pandemic, lots of flights, lots of exciting meetings. And it was taking a terrible toll on my life with God. And I finally realized what was happening was that my soul was really worn out, really dry. And, and like the, you know, the desert that can't receive the rain it desperately needs because the ground is too hard. When our souls get that dry, when we become that frantic, that spun up in this world, we have a very difficult time receiving the very gifts that God is trying to give us. And so what I'm trying to do is a Psalm 23 sort of invitation. Let God care for your soul, and let him renew you and restore you in ways that you can have a much richer life in him. In fact, you say, how can we hear deep calling unto deep, which is a scriptural foundation for what we talk about uh, diving into deep things in God. So how can we hear deep calling under deep when we're forced into the shallows of our own hearts and souls by this frenetic world? So in order to actually uh, identify how you fix the problem, you've got to be able to say, what's so frenetic about the world that I live in? And uh, and you're saying the information overload right now is is what's making it frenetic and causing us to be only in the shallows. That, in fact, Neil, this is fascinating. There's a great deal of brain research coming out now that is demonstrating that the way that we consume our media, particularly on our smartphones and particularly online, using the Internet, that 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 is changing the structure of the human brain. It is literally shortening our attention span. And I noticed this... um, I told you before we got on the show, we've got a brand-new grandson we're going to go see uh, in just a minute. Um, we have a we have a few little grandchildren now in our lives. My wife and I do, and I noticed that I could only play with them for about five minutes before I wanted to check my phone again. I wanted to, you know, I need to check my email. I need to look at my texts, and I thought to myself, I can't even pay attention to the people in the room, the people that I love. How much harder for me to give my attention to God. And, and so it is a, it, it's, it's both a, it's an emotional crisis, it's a social crisis, but at its core, it's a, it's a real spiritual assault on our ability to fix our eyes on Jesus, as the book of Hebrews says, really fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, because as we are able to look at him, especially during the pandemic, oh, that is the only place of security, of perspective, that's the only place of assurance in a time of great uncertainty like this. But the world that we live in is perfectly designed 
to keep you from being able to spend that kind of focused, lingering time in the presence of the Lord. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Our special guest is John Eldridge. We're talking through some issues he's raised in his new book, Get Your Life Back. You can respond on our Facebook post. There's a question there. Is the current COVID-19 crisis creating more or less room for change of to change things in your life? Uh, you can find that Facebook post, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. John, as we talk about what's happening with the COVID-19 crisis, and in America you're experiencing worse effects than we are in Australia, but the data is showing that quarantine takes its toll on us. What are your thoughts around uh, the things that are happening just because of the self-isolation measures that many of us have to take? Yes, even the social distancing. You see there's data, Neil, that shows Human beings actually need human contact every day, especially human touch. And I understand, I fully support the need to practice good medical hygiene. But what's happening in the messages of concern and alarm is it really is taking a toll on our humanity. And I I want to try and recommend some very simple things Uh, This morning on your show, as we talked, very simple things people can still do while we are in this pandemic to to be grounded in the Lord, to to restore their soul, to just get a little bit of breathing room from all of, you know, the the chaos that's going on out there in the world. And where the Lord took me to begin with, um, he said, John, you never stop. You just go. You go from email to email, phone call to phone call. You know, you go through your day, and and I want to teach you to pause. It's very interesting that the the Hebrew word for Sabbath is Shabbat, as you know. And Shabbat does not mean rest. Shabbat in Hebrew means to stop, to cease. God wanted to teach us a rhythm of life, where there were moments in our day, moments in our week, of course, moments even in our month and in our year. There there was a whole calendar built around the practice of learning to pause. And so, you know, the very opening chapter of the book, I talk about the power of learning to pause in your day, to just stop from the media, the going, the work, you know, those of us who are still able to work at home uh, are finding that we're working harder than ever because of the online meetings, you know, the extra email, all of that, the Zoom calls, you know. Uh, we We need to create a rhythm in our day where we learn to pause. So, John, you've you've come up with what you call a one-minute pause. So what we're talking about here actually is not really difficult to do, but you do need to be intentional about it. Yeah, that's right. One minute. Uh, Everyone can do it. We're not asking for a monastic life here. One minute where you pause and you literally just be still. This is the scripture. Be still and know that I am God. 
in, in all our frenetic doing, we've really gotten caught up in the idea that if we can just get on top of things, then we will have peace. God wants to offer us his peace right now. And so we pause, we be still, and, and I combine this practice, this one-minute pause, you know, <clears throat> um, well, let me tell you a fascinating story first. So yep. all of this came before the pandemic. The book was literally released four weeks before the pandemic hit. But Jesus knew what he was doing. He had us build an app. It's a free app online uh, for your smartphones, iPhone and Android, and it's called the One Minute Pause. And when we first built this, I thought, oh, no one's going to use this. You know, people aren't interested in learning how to pause in their day. Well, during the pandemic, we're getting more than a thousand downloads a day on this free app because it's guiding people into a very simple process. And I want to tell you the opening of the prayer is that as you open the app, it takes you into you know beautiful music and a nature photo, and then the prayer goes like this: Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I give everyone and everything to you, Lord. And what we're learning to do is not carry the world. You know, to tie back to our earlier conversation before the break, not carrying all the news that we're hearing, the heartache, and particularly the uncertainty. You know, what will the economy do? How quickly can we recover? What will the world be like? Will I get my job back? That sort of thing. Uh, And I have some very, very dear friends in Australia who, who have lost uh, work or they've had to lay quite a few people off. Uh, and so there's been a great deal of uncertainty, and we're not meant to live in the uncertainty. So we take the pause a couple times a day, and we learn to say, Jesus, I give all of this to you. You see, what we're practicing is First Peter 5, verse 7, cast all your cares upon the Lord, because he cares for you. Okay, practicing 1 Peter 5 verse 7 and while you say, John, a couple of times a day, there is real possibilities here for this pause becoming a regular part of our routine. In other words, it becomes a habit and I imagine that when you've got the pause as a habit, you're on your way to being much more healthier as a soul. You really are. You really are because then we're back to Psalm 1 that that people who are described as trees planted by the river, whose leaves never wither, are contrasted with a different person. In Psalm 1, they're called chaff. And the chaff is so dried out and so empty that the next wind can blow it away. You know, the next piece of bad news, the next economic downturn. And the difference between the two, again, is that the, the first people, the trees who are well are able to give God their attention. So you're exactly right. If we can just learn a couple times a day, 60 seconds, we just begin to pause, and we turn it over to the Lord, well, then he has our attention, and and it becomes a wonderful, wonderful habit. I started out twice a day, but now I do it quite often during my day, you know, as I get off of one phone call and before another, as I talk to one of my counseling clients and before another, I pause. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. And as we practice that, First Peter 5, verse 7, the beautiful thing is Augustine said, 
if we will empty ourselves, then God is able to fill us. But while we remain distracted and spun up, it's very difficult for the Lord to meet us where we are. I can imagine there'll be some listening to our conversation now and thinking, well, this sounds a little bit like an Eastern meditation. But what we're talking about here is a biblical response here. This idea of a pause, this is not something uh, that you've invented, John. This is something, as you say, you can glean very strongly from the Scriptures. But uh, but for people who are saying, uh, isn't it the Eastern practice to empty yourself How does the Christian then say, well, this is a biblical practice and God is doing something significant when I give my cares to him? Yes, exactly. This is tied directly to the invitation of Jesus when he said, take my yoke upon you. All of you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Anxiety is not from the Lord. Discouragement is not from the Lord. Worry about the future is not from the Lord. Now, these are very, very human experiences, and all of us, all of us in this pandemic have been there probably several times a day. Where is this hurted? What's it going to be like? Uh, But Jesus in Matthew 6 says, I actually don't want you to worry about tomorrow. He says, there's nothing that your worry is going to do for you. It can't add a moment to your life. So the invitation again, right, it's not Eastern, it's actually Middle Eastern, if you will. It's very rooted in the Hebrew tradition. One of the reasons the Romans persecuted the Jews was because they thought they were lazy, because they had this that had this practice of Shabbat. They would stop once a week, and they would not work their fields. And and they knew that to pause and give our lives to God is actually a very restorative thing to do. And and now that we have all the brain science coming in, uh, there's there's, uh, research to support even the one-minute pause meal. Brain science is showing that you come out of this pause with greater focus, greater clarity, greater attention. So we're really cultivating a life like David describes in Psalm 119. He says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I pay attention to your word. You have my attention, God. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Just a couple of minutes out from news, let's take a quick call. Jason, waiting on the line from Victoria. Hi, Jason, welcome. Good afternoon. I mean, morning, good morning, John and and Neil. I'd like to say that I have been using my, the music I use as healing. And I say to John, great job, great book, and God bless you. Uh, Jason, good thought there. Uh, you say the music that you're listening is like healing. This is another alternative rather than simple silence here. What are your thoughts here, John? Yes, yes. The power of worship. Stacey and I really, really lean into it. We almost always in the evening have some kind of worship going on. And this is, our, this is part of our um, get-out-of-technology practice. In the evening, we close the laptops, we put the cell phones down, and we play some beautiful music in the house. 
and it's so wonderful. It's, it soothes you, it calms you, but it turns your attention back to Christ. And so I love, I love it that he brought up music, because it is one of God's greatest gifts to us, not only to restore the soul, but to draw us back into his presence. And there's so much great worship. You, you've been playing it here on your show. There's so much great Great, great Christian worship out there these days. Find something that you love and make it your practice every evening to close, you know, turn off the TV, close the laptop, and and let the Lord meet you through the practice of worship. We were talking about these easy ways that you can take stock of your situation and you can find peace for your soul by think, doing things like having a one-minute pause and learning to let the crises of our lives go. But let me ask you about another dimension here. There's also, as you say, uh, some healing power in beauty. Uh, Give us some insights here into how we might stop and smell the roses along the way that might be helpful to us. Well, this is is delightful, Neil, because it, it won't cost you a penny. Uh, God has saturated the world with beauty, and I want to begin to describe why he did that and its healing power. Now, this is very interesting because everyone's listening to the news about hospital and and cases and deaths. The research shows that uh, people in hospital recover faster, need less pain medication, are released sooner if they simply have a window that looks out on nature. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. God created the human soul for the beautiful world that we live in. And the beautiful world we live in has a healing power on the human soul. And everyone knows this. Where where do you take your holiday? You know, people, when when they get a break, they go someplace beautiful. You know, the beaches, obviously, in Australia, the beautiful mountains, that sometimes it's just your back garden, but we go to beauty to be restored. And um, God knew, God knew that life on this planet was going to be very, very difficult after the fall of man, the heartbreak, the disappointment, the suffering. And so he saturated the world with beauty. And, And you don't have to go far. It's the sunlight coming through the kitchen window in the morning. It's the sound of songbirds outside your door. It's the stars at night. It's, we were talking about beautiful music before the break. It's, it's the beauty of people's lives. Human faces are infinitely beautiful. And what I'm recommending is that we make beauty something that we are daily participating in during this crisis, that we we were talking about the power of playing music in your home, beautiful music. I, I recommend also in your pause, when you take your pause, you have your cup of coffee in the morning, you're looking out the window, and just let the beauty of God's world, simple beauty, one flower, one star, one sunrise, let that minister to your soul. Loads of research showing how healing this is. And again, the, the overall effect of the pandemic, I, I, I can't, as a therapist, I can't emphasize this strongly enough. The constant barrage of fearful news, 
you know, stay at home or you may die. The constant need for social isolation, distancing ourselves from human contact, adding to that the uncertainty of the economic future is very, very hard on human beings. It really is, Neil. And so we need to do some things every day, very simple things, won't take you an hour, won't even take you 15 minutes. Some very simple things. I mean, we mentioned the pause, we mentioned worship, we mentioned learning to give it to Christ through the prayer of, I give everyone and everything to you. And now we're adding to it the simple practice of beauty, letting beauty into your life each day. You know, I just want to point out again Psalm 23, where we started. God used nature to restore David's soul. It was the power of the world he created. The beauty in it was soothing. And David says in the psalm, it's probably the most famous of all scriptures, here God restored my soul. So beauty, Neil, as a category for people to begin to draw some nourishment from. Coming back to the social media feed and all of the screen time that we have here, some people will say, can't I get my beauty from what I'm seeing on the screen? Because you can choose the ugly or you can choose the beautiful. Uh, Is there a difference between what's artificial and what's natural here, John? Well, let me say, I'm not entirely opposed to social media. And I think especially during the pandemic, it's been a lifeline for some of us. For many people, it's their only chance to see their, their, their kids so, or, or their grandchildren or a friend you know, overseas. So it really has a good place in our life. The problem, Neil, is when we overdo it, when we're spending hours and hours of our day online. Now, to the beauty piece, the... Um, it's better than not. It, um, a friend of mine gave me an absolutely beautiful book by the Australian uh, photographer who does all the wave pictures. I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now, but he's a, he's a fabulous believer. Um, and, it, you know, simply looking at nature photography can be very, very healing, whether digital or, or, or in a book. It's not the same as the real thing. Uh, and I do, I do want to encourage people as much as possible to get the real thing. Uh, there is some data, uh, and some of the brain science shows that the um, engaging, for example, this is very fascinating, engaging a human face, a real human face, is a very, very different experience to the soul than simply looking at one online. Now, online is good for now. And, and it will be a great band-aid, you know, it'll be a great help in this, in this hour. But, but let's not forget the real. And it may simply be stepping out onto your porch in the evening and, you know, letting the, letting the beauty of the evening soothe your soul. So it's not either or, uh, it's both and. Let's, let's take advantage of what we can online, but let's also let the natural world God created nourish our souls in this hour. Sounds like the difference between intellectualizing beauty and actually experiencing it personally. So this is intellectualizing, I guess you can do this, of God as well, instead of personally experiencing God. And I know that in your book, a part of your motivation for writing was to get to the idea that we can be 
are united with God in a very personal way and not just as someone who is a person of history and identity from history, but actually knowing God. This is where you try yeah. to get to in the center of your book, John. Yes, this is, this is the epicenter, Neil, and it has to do with what the human soul was made for. Jesus used for us the example of the vine and the branches, or the tree, the tree trunk and the tree branches. He, it, it, he said, you need to be absolutely united to me, my life in yours, your life in mine, literally one. I want you to be one with me so that the branch receives everything it needs from the vine. It receives its nourishment. It receives its immunity, by the way. It receives all of its fruitfulness from the vine. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And many people have not, have not had this explained to them, that um, God doesn't merely want you to obey him although obedience is very important. God doesn't merely want you to believe in Him. Although, of course, without faith, Hebrews says, it's impossible to please God. The goal of human experience, the goal of our creation, is to be one with our Creator. And in in John 15, Jesus uses the example of the vine and the branch, and then two chapters later in John 17, He really takes the lesson way, way up, and he says, in fact, I want you to be one with me like I am one with my Father. And, and we know that throughout the Gospels, Jesus describes his relationship with his Father as so intimate, so very close. They are one. He said, and it was actually what almost got him stoned when he said, I and the Father are one. And then in John 17, he says, I want you to be one with me, as I am one with the Father. And Father, he's praying to his Father, of course, in John 17, he says, I in them, I in all of my followers, and you in me in them, Father. So there is something about the human being, our very nature is created to be saturated with the very presence of God. It's where we derive all our joy, it's what enables us to love our enemies, And it's what enables us to live without any fear during the pandemic. You just can't pull that off in your own strength. We have got to be grounded in, rooted in, united in a life with God. And so the things that we've been describing this morning on the show and the things that are laid out in the book, the real goal of taking a pause, the real goal of letting it go, giving the world to Jesus, you know, the real goal of letting beauty in your life, these different things, the power of nature. The goal of this is the healing of the soul through union with the presence of God. Again, we're talking here, aren't we, about this idea of routine and habit-forming, because if it becomes our routine to have the one-minute pause or to stop and smell the roses, to be someone who can appreciate beauty, not just because you're watching a picture of it, but because you're actually experiencing that level of beauty, this idea of experiencing this presence and relationship with God. And as you say, and it gets very deep when we start talking about being one with Christ, this idea of being a partaker in the divine nature 
that we can read about in the scriptures. I think it's in Second Peter. Uh, these things are really, really powerful and really deep. And for some, they'll be thinking, well, uh, you know, I'd love to have that experience and uh, really making a start in doing that. If I do these things that you're saying, having the one-minute pause and being still and knowing that he is God, this is the start of a journey that is perhaps going to change the rest of our lives, John. It really is, Neil. And, and, and all the way back to the very beginning of the conversation, in case some folks missed it, we were talking about simple steps to unplug from the, the media overload that we're in, because that really dries out the soul, but it also distracts us from the presence of God in our lives. So Paul says, in Him we live and move and have our being. God is always with us. He is always with us. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, says the Lord, both in the Old and in the New Testament. But it's the constant distraction. So let, let me add one more thing to the simple practices uh, before we have to go today, and that is, uh, in the morning, don't check your phone first thing. We, we need to preserve some untechnology spaces in our lives, and first thing in the morning is one, last thing in the evening is another. And everyone can do this. You don't need to check the news or your feed or your text first thing in the morning. I leave my phone face down on the counter, make a cup of coffee, I look out the window. I'm not talking hours of prayer here, though for some people that may be available. Simple moments, everyday habits, like you said, that allow us to experience the presence of God. And so before I plug into the world, I give God my attention. And then Stacy and I do it again in the evening. About an hour before bedtime for us is what works. The laptops get closed, the media gets turned off, and, and we are able to be human beings again. And we, we listen to some worship, or we maybe play a game. We can still take walks here in Colorado, so we're able to get out and take a walk in the neighborhood. And, and you can feel the cortisol and the stress leaving your body, and you're able to give God your attention again. And these simple steps of unplugging, of just putting some very, very simple boundaries around your technology, along with the other things we've been talking about, really do restore the soul. And the lovely thing is, suddenly you recognize, Lord, you're right here. I, I just have been so distracted, I didn't notice, but you've always been right here with me. And then we're able to enjoy the presence of the Lord in these moments, and then we're able to come into a deeper life in Him. We recognize that he was there all the time, but we were distracted. Let's take another call. Brian is on the line from Western Australia. Brian, welcome. Good morning, uh, Neil and John. Um, my name's Brian Solomon. I used to run Charity Five Ministry, but now I'm running Restoring Hope Ministries. So Good to hear from you, Brian. Good, likewise. But uh, what I found when I used to do a lot of work in the country for Telstra and putting uh, fellow stuff and all that around the, the southwest and the west, uh, midwest and so on and I was driving along and I could just stop, not stop the car but just stop and think and listen to what God is saying and just take that bit of time to see what God has put out there in the nature but it also worked on our mission trips too where we were coming up to the, the Kimberley and all these places, we could see the beauty that God had put into that, that, that country and you could just stop for, you know, just take time to reflect on it 
uh, you get that great opportunity and sense that uh, the presence of God is with you and you can talk to him and just enjoy the time together. It's a really, really great thing. Brian, great thought there. Uh, John, what's your response for Brian? Well, I so appreciate the testimony because here you have a man who's been serving and working all over the country reminding us the presence of God is always available to us, and he's just recommending the same thing I am, which is just stop for a moment, pause, take a breath, look around, recognize God is here. And, and then I would say, you know, that was important five years ago, but friends, during this pandemic, everything Brian said, everything we've been talking about on the show is even more important today. Because we want to come out of this stronger in the Lord. You know, when people are voting on the Facebook poll, Neil, about whether there's more time or less, what I want to say is, let's make the enemy regret this. Let's come out of this whole experience stronger in the Lord and, and, and deeper in our life in God, because we have a little bit of room now to do that. Brian, thank you so much for your call. I'm not sure we won't we won't have any time to take any more calls. But just to perhaps uh, pick up on something Brian said in those moments when he'd stop, and I'm not sure that you might be very familiar with the beauty of the Kimberley, as lots of I Western Australians. Am. Okay, you are. So, so Brian's stopping, oh, yeah. and he said, stop and listen. Now, when he was talking and describing the Kimberley, I've not been to the Kimberley, but I'm, I've got this image in my mind, so I'm imagining the beauty of the Kimberley as he's mentioning that. This idea of imagination and listening to God, I imagine that when we're stopping and enjoying the beauty, that we're actually creating the opportunity to increase that imagination, to hear from what God might say to us, and uh, bringing that peace to our soul. What are your What are your thoughts around the idea of imagination connecting with God? Oh, exactly, <clears throat> exactly, Neil, and the power of memory. So here's another fun thing uh, that will really help your listeners. We're pausing. We're becoming aware of the presence of the Lord. You may not be able to get out right now and do some of the things that you love, but you can remember it. And the scriptures are filled with this. I remember the goodness of the Lord. You go back and you remember, you know, your trip to the coast. You remember the time that you were able to, to get over to the Barrier Reef. You remember your trip, perhaps, to the States. And it's, what's very interesting is, even in the power of memory, as we're lingering and listening, we can remember God speaking to us. Oh, Lord, there was that time that you spoke to me at the sunset there, you know, at the sea. I remember that. And the beautiful thing is, you don't have to leave your house to do this, friends. You can remember the goodness of the Lord. You can remember the times He's spoken to you. You can remember the beauty and the places that you've been together. And in that, it will nourish your soul. It really will refresh you. Well, John, tremendous insight today. We won't be able to take any more calls, but let me just mention a number of ways that you can access some opportunity here to understand more deeply what we've been talking about. The book that John wrote that we're talking about today is Get Your Life Back, published by Nelson Books, but it'll be available in all good Christian bookstores. 
We also mentioned an app called the One Minute Pause. And if you go to your app store, you'll be able to download that app. It's called One Minute Pause. It helps users to pause and release everyone and everything to God through guided meditations and prayers. Find it in your app store. And you've written a bunch of other books too. One that comes to mind is Wild at Heart. Uh, what are the, uh, some of the other books that you've written, John, that, that listeners might be interested in getting a hold of? Yes, a wonderful book on Jesus called Beautiful Outlaw, uh, a wonderful book on the promise of the coming kingdom called All Things New. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to mention those resources, because they really will nourish. And for people going a little deeper, finding a little more about you, ransomedheart.com, is that the primary website? Yes, that's right. And we have a podcast so you can, wherever you get your podcast, you can look up John Eldridge and you'll find our weekly podcast there. Well, John Eldridge, uh, just wonderful. Thank you so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with listeners here in Australia. And I know that from here you're on your way to uh, visit your new grandson. And uh, I know that'll be a beautiful experience for you. And I want to say thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Neil, you've been very generous with your time, and I just want to send my love and goodwill to all of our friends in Australia and and to all of my personal friends who I know are listening in. We love you all. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 